yeah, it is that time again. It's a little extra Lambo coming to you live from the Palatial Podcast Studios, South Hill, Spokane, Washington. How is everybody doing? We have an amazing show set up today. It is a part of this preparedness series that I've been talking about and apologize for last week. Um, that show did not happen due to scheduling and then I was kind of caught with no show. So, um, we had a week off there. I do apologize for that. Hopefully this show we make up for it. Um, I have Ron Carpenter on. He, uh, uh, family is, is blue, uh, blue line, um, you know, military police officers, law enforcement, he's law enforcement himself, corrections, but he has a vast, a vast uh, collection of ideas and preparedness tips and just kind of what he's been going through um, to prepare himself for the last, you know, two decades. I mean, he's got a wealth of knowledge. I was hoping to tap into that, which I did. And you guys are going to enjoy this show. Again, share these shows. Share the preparedness. We did the bug out bag two weeks ago, or I'm sorry, three weeks ago. Uh, share that. Get people of like-mindedness on the same page as you. Get them ready for whatever's going to happen. If you just want to keep it as a natural disaster, you know, we've got volcanoes. We've got earthquakes that are happening more frequently. We've got high winds that are coming up. It's that time of year plus snowfall. I mean, the list goes on of natural disasters. We live in the Pacific Northwest. There's flooding going on on the west side of the state. So, you know, whatever you can do to, to be prepared or you can go worst case scenario where our military is going to start knocking door to door and you're either going to have to do one of two things. You either stay and fight or you take your family and your small children and you, you know, you go and run somewhere. Hopefully that's a plan, but that, that conversation needs to be had with whatever significant other that you have with, you know, whatever family that you have, whatever friends you have, that conversation needs to be had. A, a, a conversation needs to be had of any sort on just what what if what happens in this situation of a natural disaster don't overlook that people um you know the the we had the internet go down facebook right, not the internet i'm sorry we had facebook instagram whatsapp go down for eight hours this was during the summertime and people were losing their minds because oh my god we're no facebook we're you know just just it's the internet. Who cares? But on the other hand, it's the internet. You need to care. Once that internet goes down, your phones go down, what are you going to do? Something bad is going to happen um, when that time comes, and you need to be prepared for that. Internet goes down. You have no banking. You have no traffic stops. You have, I mean, how, how much stuff is, is integrated within the internet itself? So think about that. You lose your phone capabilities. What's going to happen when you cannot communicate with anybody? That's the scary part. You're not going to be able to communicate with anybody. Have a plan. Just bring up the conversation. I mean, you know, we've got countries who are not happy with us that could drop an EMP, that could, you know, start lobbing missiles. I know we've got military defense systems, but, you know, this administration is not too favorable with keeping that stuff up to date. So... You know, I mean, take whatever whatever plan you want to do, but if you want to keep it basic, just 
Think of the natural disaster. We had uh, six years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, we had high winds and and freezing temperatures that caused a lot of trees to break. We lost power, you know, in some places, seven days to two weeks to three weeks. I mean, anything can happen at the spur of the moment. How many people were ready for that? And how many people panicked? And that's what, that's what just being a little bit prepared is going to help us with and, and not panic. So share these shows. Get your neighbors, get your family, get your friends, get like-minded individuals together. And if they're not receptive to the conversation, then move on. Somebody else will. Somebody else will. You might be able, you know, they might be intrigued. Hey, tell me a little bit more about this and know what you're talking about. But but have a plan. And that's kind of why I'm, why I'm having these shows is so that I know. I can ask the questions of people that know. I can ask, you know, the survivalist guys that we're going to have coming on um, for the next couple shows. I'm going to pick their brains pretty good. And I'm very excited for that. How do you survive on the run? How do you survive when you only have a little bit? You have a you have a go bag, and that's it. How do you survive? What if you don't have anything? Man, the volcano blows, and you're not even close to your house. You should always have your bug out bag. But what if you don't have it, and you have nothing, and you've got to run? Just go. You know what? What is your plan? So I mean, it, if it's just is it just wasted thoughts that you know you spent this time coming up with a plan and if you never have to use it be grateful but don't get caught off guard not having a plan so share the shows um the next couple shows we're gonna have the uh well i guess i shouldn't say that because we had uh one of the guys that i wanted to talk to um he got moved to a different detail and that kind of really screwed up my plan of of having him come on the show. But maybe we can come up with a way to get him on um, as a as a different asset uh, or a different uh, a different means than him being in studio. Um, and we can't do it over the phone either, so we'll have to come up with something else. Um, but we're going to come up with a couple other shows. I, I want to get these shows in, done because I I really believe in them and I hope you do as well so um we've got those coming up I've got another friend he was in the air force I got you know that's a that's another show that I'm really intrigued about of having but I got to get him scheduled in as well so we've got shows that are on the board I'm looking at them right now and then we can get back to the dad life series that I wanted that I want to do or just you know that conversation about dad life and you know get back to the fun stuff but I believe in these shows I hope you do as well you share them with your friends and we all can you know get on the same page or at least put you in the in the right steps of of being prepared um if you have any questions get on there there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. If you don't want to talk to the show, myself, you don't want to talk to your friends and family, get on to Bear Unlimited. Um, He is on YouTube. He's got a great series. I'm just double-checking that to make sure that that is the name. Um, Bear Independent is the name, as well as Sensible Prepped. Those two shows are on YouTube, and that's a great way to get started. Uh, within today's show, um, we have Ron Carpenter on, and he kind of breaks down how he got into it. But he's been doing it a long time. So don't take that, you know, we, he's got all of this stuff built up, and oh my God, that's what we got to do. 
Start with three days, and this is after what you have in your house already. Three days. How do I live on three days? Or you have three days in your go pack. Three days, and then make that a week, and then make that 10 days, and then make that 14 days, make that 21 days. You know, that's how you set up. Um, Bear independent, sensible prepped. Um, what was the website that I that I talked about for the go bag? I, I believe it's called theprepared.com. Um, that's another website as another tool. So use these to your advantage. And then if you need to email the show, email the show, extralambo at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. Find my Facebook page. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. But share these shows. Um, very happy to have Ron on. Uh, if you, uh, I, I didn't get the reads done during the show, so get down to Crave Eats, Drinks, Nightlife, Jacob and the staff, get down there for your well drinks, your, um, you know, your non-alcoholic brews, your jello shots, plus their menu. I mean, Jake's got a, a the, the crew down there is awesome. He's got great food. The burgers are amazing. So get down there, check him out. Tell him Lambo said hi. And, and he's not going to do you wrong. Crave Eats, Drinks, Nightlife, Downtown Spokane. More than happy or very happy to have Ron on the show today talking about uh, prepping and preparedness. And and uh, I'm just, I uh, can't wait for you guys to listen. Um, what else do we got coming up? We've got, uh, you know, Hotcast is down. We got the one-pack, two-pack baseball card podcast. That's every Saturday, Sunday, whenever I, I do the show. Um, it's also on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Um, this show is on Stitcher, so hopefully our, my the people listening on Stitcher now have a have a better way of listening. But um, share this show, please. And then if you need me to share it, I'll share it as well. It'll definitely be on the Facebook page. It'll definitely be on my personal Facebook page. So check these shows out. I hope you enjoy it. If there's something else that you need to know, email me, send me a message and and we'll get these answers done. But, um, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button and, uh, download the show. Um, leave a review if you can, but you know, help me out, share the shows, get your friends prepared for a natural disaster or a worst case scenario. These shows will be helpful. Without further ado, I give you Carp, Ron Carpenter. I'm not telling anybody where I live. Yeah, no. Or you lo- can know where uh, exact I live. location. Yeah, no one's gonna. <laughs> um, I won't necessarily go into how much uh, some of my prepping. What do I have? I mean, my friends. Um, they know I have. Let's bring that right. Just bend it right there. There you go. You know, most of my friends know that I do have multiple weapons, and I do have a good, healthy stockpile of ammo. So if I don't have it, I can go take it. I've been I've been uh, just buying ammo, and I've been buying different ammo. There's some ammos that I have that I don't own the gun for, but I have a small cart, cache. A small, yeah, just in case I come across it, if that situation does come up, then I've got ammo for it. But I'm not going out and blowing a ton of money on on it. If it's on sale, it's sitting there. It's the last box. It's 20 30% off, then I'll buy it. Yeah. So 
I stockpile nine millimeter and five five six or two two three. Is nine millimeter probably the most common those ammo the, that's that's out there? Nine millimeter, two two three, five five six. That's majority of civilian owned money. I mean or owned ammo. Um, nine millimeter is the most popular handgun in the world in the sense of especially in the United States and last year. I think the numbers were staggering yeah. through all the pandemic and through all the riots that were happening. Something like 4.5 million new gun owners went out and bought 9mm handguns. So that's kind of where I stocked that up. Do you think, do you think having, just having extra magazines with loaded 9mm in them in your, in your go bag, would that be something that you would consider doing, or? Um, yes. Um, trying to think. Uh, I probably have thirty magazines for my AR, and I probably have twelve for my nine millimeters already loaded, ready to go. Are do you have? We did a show two weeks ago about a to-go bag, a bug-out bag, shit-hits-the-fan bag, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Are, are, do you have your bags set up, ready to go, travel with them daily? Um, I just recently went out and, I mean, yes, I have go bags, and I have three different sets. Am I putting around Spokane County? Am I going outside the county in eastern Washington, or am I going to go visit family on the western side? So depending on where I'm going, depends on which bag I'm taking. Um, you know, worst case scenario, you have an EMP, anything with a computer chip, it's toast. That's a worst case calamity. So now your vehicles don't work. So if I'm on the west side, I have a seven-day go bag, food, water. Um, I have uh, life straws so I can suck through that. And it, it was, is it a fil- filter? It fil- what what it is fil- that? Yeah, the life straw is a filter, so you can suck through it. And I can't remember exactly. I think you get like twenty-five uses out of it. Okay. Um, I also have a hydro uh, hydro bag, so I can fill that up, and it's got a filter system with it as well. I've I've got one of those. So I have those, and I keep that in my truck. Um, I roll around. I always have if I'm at not at work because my work does not provide. For you to have a weapon, but I pretty much always have a weapon. Um, I may not be on me; it may be in my truck, and I have a couple of lock safes in my truck, so I always have weapon, extra ammo, food, and other supplies needed uh, to get back from the west side, back over to Spokane, where my family is at, and my stockpile. So we have a mutual friend. That yes. we had, I had a, I don't know, a two, two and a half hour conversation with about being prepared for a natural disaster, government door knocking, martial law. And, but I'd always talk to him about preparing for, or, or just prepping for uh, having extra stuff on hand. And then he brought up your name. And he's like, yeah, Ron, he's always doing stuff of, of having extra stuff and having extra supplies and having quick supplies to go. How did you get into the prepping part? And what 
what was the what how did you start what was the first things that you went and stocked up on so for me my i'm a retired uh, correctional sergeant for the department of corrections uh partly in 99 when i was a sergeant um at a facility my was designated that i'm going to be the disaster specialist for the prison so with that i got to be i went to several different um training seminars in the state of Washington, Oregon, you know, kind of just went around different seminars, learned different information. Now, what started me, and this whole thing was prepping up for Y2K. Um, I had to develop for the prison. Now, you know, worst case scenario, we had to evacuate the prison. How are we going to do that? Luckily, it was a small prison, so it wasn't like, you know, 5,000 inmates. We only had about 130 inmates total. So how are we going to get them out of there? to another prison, so in different other aspects of preparing the prison itself for Y2K. You know, of course, obviously nothing happened. But when going to those seminars, it wasn't just about Y2K. I mean, you can just look around. We have issues with uh, wildfires. Um, you know, there, apparently there's a, you know, we're part of the ring of fire. Have you, ever, have you ever heard yep. of that? Yep, the Hawaiian Islands and all the volcano rings. Yep. So everybody's had an earthquake in their area. And it's been 200 years since there's been one on the West Coast. So you know, that was one of the aspects. Um, can, I, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up is because as a catcher, in baseball, I I visualize things, mm-hmm. and I've had these these. They're not night terrors, and they're not daydreams, but they're I don't know night visions. Let's say the East Coast has had the flooding and the hurricanes and whatever else. The Southern has the drought along with the fires, kind of moving their way up. But we really haven't had that. And my vision that I have is earthquake and volcano. Right, and you know I don't know. If- with our conversations, yeah, I grew up playing catcher, um, elementary, high school, college, semi-pro. So we're on the same mm-hmm. boat with the vision. Um, but you know, Mount uh, Mount Rainier, that should blow. It's a it's a volcano. What's going to happen? So I mean, it's not. I mean, we also had uh, um, you know, like we just talked about a few minutes ago, 2015. Uh, we had power outages. Uh, some people were without power for three weeks. Um, we also have the wildfires. We, so there's so many different natural disasters before you start getting into, you know, zombies would be cool, but not <laughs> realistic. Likely. Probably not like not realistic, but it would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, so you're looking at that. Then you also look at the fact we have Fairchild. So if something did happen, you know, Fairchild is a pretty good military target for any enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have a whole bunch of people not liking the United States on the outside. We also have a lot of people inside America not li- not liking America. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the riots that took place um, just last summer. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other different aspects going on. Um, watching TV the other day, talking about the gold. You know, get, America has a lot of gold that's being held in their depositories for other countries. The other countries are kind of, hey, we want our gold back. And uh, my understanding was uh, we told Germany 
we'll get you your money back and you know, all your gold bars, but it's going to take us seven years to get it back. So, I mean, that's just, Oh, so that's a, another little nugget out there. Yeah. And the fact that there has not been an official, um, accounting of the gold reserve in the United States since like 1950s, 1970s. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in play that normal citizens like myself, if I didn't watch that program, I wouldn't have known either. So there's a lot of other things that can play into it. Um, there's always been the conversation of auditing the National, Nash, National Reserve and the Reserve Bank, but that seems to just get pushed down or uh, something happens, yeah. you know, and then the conversation gets lost. Or that, there's, you know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this, you know, and here's a, you know, approximate of what we have. I mean, there's, so there's a lot of different things in play. But first, for me, was the fact of natural disasters. Um, if you go back and you look at um, Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, that devastated New Orleans, how long did it take for FEMA and the government to come in and really help? It was three weeks, four weeks. Right. So Something like that. So looking at aspects like that, what if a catastrophe happened for Spokane? How long is it going to take for the government to come in and actually give us assistance? Three weeks. You know, same thing. Thanksgiving took three weeks to get the power back up for a lot of people. So that's when I started is back in 99, 2000, started slow. And basically making sure I have food prep and I have um, water. You know, if you look at any website that talks about prepping, you need one gallon of water per person per day. That's what they recommend. I know none of us probably drink one gallon of water a day. Maybe close. Close. But probably not every day. Right. So, you know, so I started stockpiling on that. Um, and then from there, it just kind of grew into more of uh, what do I need to do to survive if civilian, uh, if we have another civil war, a religious war, you know, what can I do to make sure my main focus, my family, my friends, and what do I need to do to make sure that the people I care about are taken care of? You know, and I think that's one of the um, main um, tenets of being a husband and a father, take care of the wife, take care of the children. Yep. You know, and then throughout life, you get friends that, because my personal belief is family is not just defined by blood. Family is people that have shared experiences, shared values, shared uh, the same moral compass. Those people can become family. Mm -hmm. Like the friend that we've talked about, that our mutual friend. Yep, yep. Um, And nobody survives on their own. So that's kind of where our mutual friend kind of brought him in, kind of got the same mission to where we can start developing a community so we can have multiple people, which is if you need to build on a small scale, you need to make sure you have variable skills, the skill sets, and what people can bring to help a community survive. How did you start? Did you start with... The water first, or and then canned foods, dry goods, MREs. How did you How did you go about it? Um, 
I have a fair separation of food. I have some dried food. I got some of the protein bars that are long-lasting. I got some canned foods. And you kind of look at it, and then, of course, obviously, I have a bin downstairs that says 2021. So I make sure I have to go through all that food because that's the expiration date. Then you have a bin for 2022, 2023. So, you know, you can rotate your stock. Okay. And the same thing with the water. So I go to Costco. I grab a thing of water. I swap out with one of them in my storage area. That way, you're always rotating your stock. I did not make that adjustment. When I started, because it was about that same time as well, I just wanted to have extra green beans, corn, chili, beans. Uh, came across a case of SpaghettiOs, a uh, bunch of other stuff. It was all canned stuff, but I wasn't rotating the stock. So a lot of it started going bad, and then we had that, I don't know, we had SpaghettiOs, I think, every day for a <laughs> month for lunch or, you know, something like that. But, you know, you've got you've to remember that what you have down there. Also, what I tell everybody that is storing their toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, stuff like that, you've got to rotate that or it's going to mold on you. Right. As long as you can figure out also what else you're going to need. So I have extra toothpaste. I have extra deodorant, shampoo, different items, and same thing. Just kind of rotate the stock. Um, You know, you're not – I have uh, soap bars, not – Soap gel. Okay. So I got a lot of soap bars and things like that that you may need. Um, you know, um, I also have, you know, I'm blessed because um, my wife is in the medical field. So I have, we, we have medical uh, on site, <laughs> I guess, in a certain aspect. Um, she's dealt with trauma in the past, so she knows what to do. Um, I have a fairly good stockpile of medical supplies. Um maybe a little bit beyond the band-aids and, but I have the neosporins and the band-aids and, um, saline. Um, uh, before I retired from department of corrections, I was a community corrections officer. It's a fancy title, say parole officer. Um, so I have trauma kits from what I used to do. So I have trauma kits for my vest and I do have multiple vests with, uh, rifle plate carriers, um, just to make sure were protected, along with some weapons, some <laughs> and, some. And some weapons and some ammo. <laughs> but uh, you know, so everything is set pretty much good to go. Um, I had didn't do this overnight. Um, Takes time. You know, so you know, you just kind of kind of figure out what what to start with, and then what to move on to next. So basically, initially, I sat down. And I wrote out, you know, in a graph, kind of like an Excel spreadsheet. What do we need now? What do we need for the next 30 days? And so then you figure out you need food, you need water, you need some medical to make sure you have those on hand. You also have to make sure you have a light source, um, heating source. Um, You know, if you, you know, something happens. First thing you do, you go through the fridge, and you just raid the fridge before the you know, no electricity. Everything in a fridge or a freezer, it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. So that's your first meals. Anything coming out of the fr- uh, fridge or freezer, you know, most. And this is if you're talking if we're stuck at home, right? If you're stuck, yep. uh, but then after that, you start looking at okay, I got, 
I think probably most everybody's got four days of, eh, not even that. Maybe you probably have about maybe a day and a half of whatever's in the fridge at most. You know, if you have a freezer, it's going to take a you know, day and a half for it to thaw out. So you have a little bit of time. But then what do you have beyond that? So that's where I went for the canned foods, um, the freeze-dried stuff that you can get just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Costco, Costco even sells. They've got a pretty good selection of 21. Is it 21 uh, or is it 7? They have one. Well, the Costco up north has one that's 134 servings for like 60 bucks. 134, four people, seven days. I think it's seven days. Yeah. So, you, you know, you can get that from them. For, it's like fifty nine ninety nine. Okay. I mean, Costco, it's a great deal, no matter what it is. And you can also, you know, go to Costco to stock up because you, you buy whatever you buy there, you always buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. So one of that can go into use now. One of that's kind of storage. So that way you always have something on hand. So I looked at the food and the water. The medical, then it, you know, light source, you got to be able to see at night, um, and heat. So that's kind of where you have to kind of look at. So you can get uh, propane heaters that are legit for the inside of your house, um, or you can get, go more fancy, you can get a generator so you can power up your furnace, mm-hmm. um, which is a good thing to do. Um, but that gets, you know, spendy. So I'm, you know, not, not trying to tell everybody to run out and spend $10,000 right now, but you can build up your stockpile slowly. And you kind of look, so I did that. And then, okay, I got three days. Then I went to, okay, I got a week. Now I got two weeks. Then I kept just kind of growing ever so smallly. Smally? Smally? I guess that's, that's a, a bushism. That's a new <laughs> new word made up right there. But, you know, you, you start small, and you keep growing. And as long as you keep growing, keep rotating your stock, you can get yourself up to a good supply. And I think right now I can feed my family of four for six months. I have I have maybe six weeks. Six weeks of food on hand. A lot of rice, a lot of beans, a lot of freezer stuff. And that's... If it's during the winter time, then we're all right. We're you know keep the stuff outside and stay mostly frozen. Right, throw in the pack of snow during the during the summertime. There's no way, but but a lot of my stuff is is frozen stuff that's just sitting there. So eventually, we're gonna lose that. So I, that's why I say I was kind of going through my head of what I have. I might have four weeks to six weeks after after that's gone. But but that's a good start because. As we've seen with the response from the federal government, if they're still able to respond, it's about three weeks to get most stuff going back. Um, you know, you can get a generator and you can, you know, keep your freezer going. But then, of course, you know, now you're looking at that's a lot of gas. Now you have to store the gas for the generator. You got to store propane for the heater. You got to store propane so you can also use the grill. Most everybody has a grill. Mm-hmm. Not everybody always has a spare propane tank uh, just hanging out. So, I mean, there's, you know, do you, once you figure out, okay, this is how I'm going to feed my family, how am I going to heat it? So now i got to get more propane because you know, if the world kind of crashes, gas stations aren't open. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to get, you know, 
and right. Well, and they're electric. And they're all electric. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you don't, you know, it's all debit card now, or unless you walk well, in. Well, even the pumps to get the propane out is electric. So oh. it's trapped inside that tank unless you can get into it that way. Unless you have somebody that in your community that is skilled <laughs> yeah. on how to, how to get, you know, get through that. So, I mean, there's, you know, you have to start thinking, okay, I'm gonna want, how long do I want to make sure I last before we have to leave? My whole plan is making sure that I can stay at my house for three months. That's kind of where I want to get to. Um, if there is a collapse in society, you know, depending on who you talk to, what experts you listen to, you know, you got seven days, and then people are turning on each other uh, because you have rice, I don't. You have to give me some of your rice, mm-hmm. and that's the mentality of people because I don't have it. You do. You got to give me some, you know, and that's not <laughs> jiving with me. Yeah. Um, if I've taken the time to stockpile, plan, um, and you didn't, that's not my fault. That's your fault for a lack of planning. Yeah. No, to completely agree. And I, I kind of go about it two ways. Of I try to talk to other people about it, just bring it up kind of casually, just to see what their response is. What was their body language like? And if it's something where, you know, you get that kind of that, uh, I'm, I don't believe in any of that stuff. You know that conversation is going to go nowhere. Right. But if they're like, well, tell me about it. Or, yeah, we've got, you know, we got s- stuff on hand. Their body language is going to tell you if they're prepared, if they've been thinking about it, if they somewhat started a plan. And then you can open up that conversation and have that like-minded you know, plan or conversation or your neighbors to see what they're at. So that way you don't end up with, well, we know that house is ready to go. Let's just stampede that house. Right. You know, and most people I think that are, are in the prepping world in a sense, um, don't really talk about it much. You know, and like I said, there's very few people that know exactly what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably less than six people that have seen my uh, area that I have. That's for stockpile. It's about six, maybe. Um, so you, know, you don't necessarily want to advertise to everybody what you have. Um, you know, I'm looking at right now, my next focus is on solar power. But I don't want to attach solar panels all to my house because then all my neighbors yep. know, hey, he's got, so- he's got power. We can go <laughs> over there and get warm. Yeah. Well, no, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, they're not coming in. Um, but That's I, funny you bring that up because I I was looking into that today as well. I'm 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 trying to get battery packs or the solar powered charging ports for my bag. Right. But then the mind started going. All right, well, what do I need for the house? But I don't want it visible for everybody else to see what I have. So I mean, there are several. Uh, I mean, it's America. We're capitalists. Um, we have options out there that are mm-hmm. portable solar power because that's another thing is like, okay, when this all goes down, where do you go? Do you stay here at the house or is there somewhere else to go? Um, I have family that live in the middle of America that have a ranch. So that would be the end goal is to go to the ranch because they have, you know, 400 acres, Ooh. cattle, okay. sheep, goat. I mean, they, it's a ranch, so they have the food, they have the solar power, and they have 
the isolation that would make better. Yeah. So that's kind of where the end goal off grid off or in somewhat to an out to a point. Well, that, you know, they're more off grid because they're not seen. It's more of an isolated area. They're still on power. They still have uh, sewer and everything like that. Okay. But they also have a creek running through their property, so there's water. There's other things that there that would make it better for a long term solution on where to live. So my my plan is to survive in town, my, my house for three months, and then try and see if I can't get to that location. Have you ever war gamed the? Worst case scenario. Oh yeah. As far as because I had this conversation with a friend, if worst case scenario comes, they're not going to let you leave Spokane, and we'll just use Spokane because we're here. So they're shutting down all the highways. So then it's back, you know, back roads, back channels, creek beds, trying to get out. We have a location that's out of town that we've already started setting up and planning on routes and having a secondary location away from that is another plan that we're trying to do. But that's again, out in the middle of nowhere, it's in Montana. How do you get to it? Have you, have you planned that out if you're on foot and Um, no, I mean the, the prepared people are going to have extra gas, but if you can't get out, that's you don't have that ability. I do have a little bit of extra gas um, on hand. Uh, granted, I bought a new truck, big V eight. <laughs> Not as good as my last truck on the gas mileage. Okay, um, so that that would present a problem. But uh, I do have maps. I have maps to cover Washington. I have maps to cover basically anything. Uh, west of Colorado, Wyoming, anything on that. I mean, I have the whole West Coast atlas. So, I mean, I have a lot of maps. So, I've already drawn out a line okay. on where to go. Um, I've also uh, taken a map of Spokane, and I outlined the different things all around my house. Okay, I can go Walgreens, you know, the Rite Aid, you know, just pinpointed those. Safeway has a pharmacy. So, I mean, just to I've already outlined areas that, okay, if the world has collapsed, I know where I can go get some items that we're going to need. And I've also, you know, game planned, war planned, the fact that we may need some of these things. Through your work, did you have any training on that, on survival, on... um you know, yours would be the more more of the keeping everybody else alive with, you know, with the prisoners and, and stuff like that. But did you have any training at all given to you for, for that type of situation? Um, you know, the, the planning part, you know, I went through, uh, um, I was part of the specialty teams for the prison. So I did go through a SWAT academy. So the planning, the preparation, you know, looking at all the resources you have available to you. Is something that's ingrained into that type of when you're planning an operation. So, I mean, some of that pieces are there. Um, my father, um, God rest his soul, uh, passed away seven years ago, but my dad was a career military officer. So I always had fun you know, talking with my dad about different 
subjects of when he was in combat and different things. And, you know, my dad always preached into me, be prepared. Um, 18 years old, he was an Eagle Scout, or 17 years old, he was an Eagle Scout and then went and fought World War II and then fought in Korea and he fought in Vietnam. And so talking to my dad about certain things and battle aspects, war planning, game planning. So, I mean, that, a lot of that also kind of molded from him. What was the best piece of advice he gave you? Um, the thing I always remember is my dad told me the true measure of a the true measure of a person's character. It's not how they stand; it's how they stand up after they fall. So that's probably the big the biggest piece. Um, but other than that, he always kind of always you know, didn't really take effect until later on. But it was you know if you don't plan. Oh, now I forgot it. Uh, planning to not planning is planning to fail. So I always have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of where my son, who does not live at my house, uh, he lives with his girlfriend, uh, but they know to come to my house. So there's a plan there for you know he knows where to go, how to get there. So he, you know there's that aspect. Uh, the daughter is currently out of state, and it'd be real tough to go get her. Um, but we haven't really gotten that part done yet with her, you know, on a plan on how to get her back to us. But it's definitely something you're, you're thinking about. And I told you I'm doing the same thing because my daughter and ex-wife, they're three hours away, two and a half hours away. So if something does happen, I don't know if I'll be able to get to them directly. We've got to have a spot to meet. Right. And then, you know, whatever our plan is after that, um, at least she's open to that. They live outside of Hanford, so you had brought up, you know, Fairchild being a target. Hanford could be a target as well. Right. So that was a that was the beginning of the conversation, and they've, you know, she already has precautions for that already. But I want to have more. Right. I want to have. I want to have. Let's get out of the freaking area. You know, if something happens, that's what I. That's what I want. So. Oh yeah, um, my daughter's about twenty five hundred to three thousand miles away. That's a so jaunt. It's going to be a grip to get to her. So it's going to be, you know, but, you know, we're looking at how we can do that. So make sure that, you know, all of us are together. So it's, it, but everything starts with communication. you got to be able to talk to the people in your house, get on the same page. Um, my wife was not necessarily overjoyed about prepping, um, but we're really, and she didn't say no. Um, but she kind of just placated me. Okay, that's his thing, whatever. But uh, this latest uh, COVID, uh, like I was telling you, you know, COVID-19 kind of opened her eyes trying to find toilet paper. You know, why toilet paper? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, who knows? Um, but I always, you know, went to Costco. You grab a bag, grab two. You know, before now, you can't grab two. You yep, can only grab yep, one. Yep. But I've always had one spare uh, down there. Uh, in my room and so when this happened and she was kind of concerned I showed her and then now she kind of more understands she still will roll her eyes at me when I get something from ooh, Amazon <laughs> oh, what'd you get oh, something for the fun room you know just open it up and she just rolls her eyes but she understands that I'm planning and she's okay with that and that's where you have to start you have to make sure that you know people in the house understand 
and kind of support it. It does help a lot better if they support it. What is your plan if you have to leave your house? I don't, I don't want the, the details, but what are you grabbing when you have to leave your house? Um, am I taking my truck or am I not? Um, let's say for now we can take our vehicles. Okay, so if we take the vehicles, I'm grabbing, um, hopefully, I'll have uh, portable solar power. Um, so I can take that with me. Um, taking all the camping gear, uh, anything I can do with uh, that, the food and the water. Uh, those are the main things. you got to make sure you have something for shelter. I mean, that's one of the bare basic bones. you got to have shelter. you got to have food. got to have water. got to have fire. Those are the four things. Um, currently, I have one of those. Uh, it's called decked systems for my truck. With the, yep. The, yep. Roll, the rollout drawers. Uh, so I have pretty much solidified what's in the truck. So okay. I, can, I can make fire. I can, you know. Uh, filter water. So th- those things are there. So if I'm bugging out, you know, I'm grabbing sleeping bags, the tent, um, my solar power, weapons, ammo, food, water. So whatever that, you know, and change of clothes. Um, you got to make sure that if you have a go bag, you have at least a couple pairs of socks because you got to keep your feet dry. Mm-hmm. If not, you're going to have issues with your feet, especially if you're walking, if you have to hike out. Um, you know, and then make sure you have a couple changes of clothes. And I and that and I was just going to bring up. It depends on who you talk to about the clothes. The socks, I hear that everybody kind of wants to have an extra pair of socks because that is your gateway to the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. Your heating, keeping your heat in. If your feet are soggy and cold, the rest of your body is going to be soggy and cold. Right. So, so having the extra wool socks. The change of clothes, though, it depends on who you talk to of what they believe of having an extra pair of clothes because that's extra weight. But if you're, if you're, we have a vehicle, that's just another bag that goes on. Right. On foot and, and vehicles, a different story. Yeah. You know, if I'm on foot, then I'm extra socks, extra underwear. Um, you know, depending on the temperature outside, you know, thermals might not be a bad idea. Yep. But I would bring an extra shirt and an extra. One extra shirt, one extra pant. Just because if you do get wet, you have something else to wear while that dries. Okay. So that's kind of where I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking, you know, you're going to Vegas for two <laughs> weeks and you want to bring that suitcase. Yeah, no. No, that's not happening. Um, pretty much uh, everybody in my family gets a one backpack and it's what you can put in the backpack. And then I carry extra, you know, for as uh, soap you know, toothpaste, things like that. I can handle that because I'm a little bit bigger and thicker. So, um, you know, but some of the bare basics, and then you spread out some of the bare basics uh, of what you're taking. Yeah, we, the the last podcast we did um, was on the bags. So I've got a bag for me, bag for my daughter, bag for my son. Um, Don't know yet about the other bag for my other daughter because she's all the way over there. Are we going to have time to grab another bag that, you know, we'll work that out then. But it's each bag is going to have first aid kit, something, you know, like a fishing tackle case of some sort, Mm -hmm. the the socks. But every bag is going to have, you know, flashlight, knife, all that stuff. But then every other bag is going to have something just a little bit different, but it's got to be a little lighter because... The, yeah. the size of my children are smaller. So um, I have a rifle uh, plate carrier uh, for myself, for my son, and for my wife. So some of the gear can be put on that. 
Um, I have a couple trauma gear. Uh, each of the my plate carriers have a trauma kit, a medical trauma kit on it. So that way it's not in the backpack. And, you know, the more weight you could put on a plate carrier, the better off you are because the weight is more evenly divis- uh, distributed amongst your chest and your shoulders okay. instead of being in a backpack, you know, pulling back on your low back. So whatever else you can take off and put on, that's always a good thing. Do you think, in the ADD moment, do you think that they sh- people who are set up like this, do they need to go on walks with their gear on to get used to that? I mean, you, you've got to build up that endurance with the, you know, the plate carrier or the backpack or, you know, however, whatever you're, you're on foot with. You know, that is a good point. Uh, yes. You know, um, I do hit the gym three times a week, so I keep up my, my muscle mass, my stamina. So I do hit the gym so I can keep that bulk on. Um, but yes, definitely, you know, uh, put on a backpack and walk around, walk a mile. And see how that feels and weigh it. You know, how much is it? One pound, two pounds, three pounds. So that way you can kind of figure out, okay, I can go a mile with 10 pounds, but that's it. You know, so you can build it up or you got to reduce the pack. Obviously, the size of the person, you have to limit the size of the pack. When you, hmm, how do I want to ask this? You have... And I didn't want to ask you this yet. I wanted to wait. But when you're, you you have the community of friends that you were that you were, we had talked about. Mm-hmm. Are your do you kind of talk about what they all need to bring compared to what you have? So everybody's got a list of things, or is it we're all just showing up with the bags that we have, and then we uh, the- kind of kind of use what we have there, and then go get. What else we need? How, how, do you, how does that work with the community? So basically I have um, right now, it's me and my one friend and his family. So the basic thing was is he's going to bring his water, his food, um, and pretty much, you know, that's kind of what, and tools. Um, the friend is uh, in the you know, construction style field, so he's our builder. Um, you know, so that way we have somebody that can build my wife, she's the medical, I'm the tactical, uh, shooter. Um, and then his wife is, um, a gardener and a cook. So we got kind of the good basis a good core. Of, of what you need. So now, you know, when you're looking at it from a community aspect, you know, number one, like I said, it's, um, same line of moral values, you know, and you have the same vision in a sense. So that way, you know, it's, it's sealed. I mean, we're family. And so when you start adding other people, you got to make sure that they line up as well. But what skills do they bring to the table? Mm -hmm. I mean, you you don't want to overload yourself with, you know, you have 10 people and nine of them are shooters. And one person's a cook. Well, that's really (laughs) good, but (laughs) we're all working to eat good. Well, yeah, yeah, but who's going to make the food? Where are you going to get the food from? So, I mean, there's lots of different aspects. Um, So my friend that's in the community that I have, um, I told him I'll take care of the tactical and the medical. He takes care of uh, constructional, uh, the tools, uh, you know, and gardening. Um, So we don't have defined roles, but defined as 
what I'm a, what I'm going to take care of and what he's going to take care of, and then bring your food and your water and all you know your gear to my place because I have a I have a big house. It's a good location. Um, I'm already set. You know, if we have power, I already have a camera system. I have a alarm system for my house. Um, so I mean, it's pretty good setup. So I think that we can survive there for a while. Um, I have a pool, so I got 10,000 gallon pool. So I have water, just got to filter it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's advantages to my location. Okay. Um, not necessarily sitting, um, everywhere where, you know, there's, I do have neighbors, but they're not on top of me. Are your neighbors nosy? Hope not. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean I I know a couple of them, but I don't necessarily hang out with all my neighbors because I I don't want to get that point where I do get a relationship with them, and the way my house is set up, I don't have a direct neighbor. Okay. So it's my house is kind of set up where my neighbors are all uh, facing. Uh, they're in a cul-de-sac that goes to the west. My front door is to the east. So I don't necessarily, I don't see my neighbors, per se, uh, from my front porch. It's from my back porch. I can see my neighbors. Okay. Where I grew up in Montana, we had neighbor across the highway, but it was 12 miles before the next neighbor <laughs> that way. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the situation that anybody would want to be, and you can just set up at home. You're out of town. Here in Spokane... Um, you know, being where I'm at, I've got easy access out, I believe. You should. But without being downtown. I, I Worst case scenario, I just feel that everything's going to get shut down. It's going to be locked down. You're not coming or going. But we've got hills. We've got fields. We've got other, you know, we've got cricks that are right around the corner. There's we've a, got, we've got there, escape routes. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues for you guys to get out of Spokane. Um, I'm up on the north side. So, you know... You know, they, they can shut down everything they want, but up on the north side, there's still several avenues that you can drive out on. Um, worst case scenario, you just drive across the prairie up on mm-hmm. Keown Prairie. You can drive across those farm fields. Um, hopefully you don't get shot at by the farmers. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so, you know, there's there's strategic location of where your house is, and, and um, my friend's in a housing development, so that's not necessarily good. Um, but I have a 3,800 square foot house that my wife and I currently reside in. So we have a very big house. Yeah. Got a lot of room. So that's kind of where, um, it was kind of, Hey, come up here. Um, that'd be better. So as long as he can get to me, then life will be perfect. You were talking about a book when we either first started talking or when you, when you came in the studio, Tell me about the the book that you were talking about. Uh, the book is the Lone Star series uh, by Bobby Acart, uh, A C K E R T, and uh, it's called the Lone Star series. And basically, uh, the premise of the book it's a, a EMP, electronic magnetic pulse. Um, in the storyline of the book, um, the Iranians and North Koreans set off. Uh, uh, nuclear warheads underneath the atmosphere, and which caused a um, a breakdown of all 
um, power grids and also fried all the electronics. So, you know, any vehicle after 1975 or whatever would not work because everything after that has a computer chip. So everything's gone. And then it's this book is about a family in Texas that was prepared and the father and the mother were in Texas, but the kids were scattered. Uh, three kids were up in Canada uh, at a rodeo. And then, then they, you know, part of the books are how they get back to Texas. Son, one son was a CIA sniper and you know, how he had to get back to the United States. So it's kind of a seven book series or six, six or seven books. Um, you know, that's kind of one dramatic way, but that did leave an imprint on my prepping, which kind of, you know, I went down a rabbit hole and started mm-hmm. thinking, oh, my goodness, this could happen. You yeah. Mean, and you never know what could happen. I mean, again, COVID-19, toilet paper. Nobody would have believed it until it happened. So, I mean, you never know what could happen. So that's kind of one of the things I think about, and so that's why I'm prepared. Um, you know, maybe I went a little too far down the rabbit hole, but um, – I'm prepared to defend my house. Um, I'm also very prepared to bug out and go somewhere else. I I asked you about the book because we've talked about um, a, a, almost everybody knows how to camp. And I use that word loosely. Go out camping. <laughs> Some people glamp. You yes. know, so they have the basic idea. But once you're actually out in it, it's d- definitely a different story. So I have um, given the advice to get books. Um, there's a YouTube guy. Is called uh, his name is Bear Independent. Do you know who that is? I've seen one or two of his uh, YouTube's. So he's got he's got a whole whole channel of right. different breakdowns of survival and camping and preparedness and how to be on the run and you know all sorts of stuff. But he goes he exaggerates a lot of stuff for worst case scenario. So it's, it's definitely interesting to watch. And then there's um, another series is called the sensible prepped and they break down a lot of stuff as well on YouTube. So those are um, definitely avenues for people who don't, you know, they've, they've got an idea, but you know, that's a good starting tool. Having books on hand of how to start a fire, how to camp, how to survive in the wilderness, how to, um, make it make a camp break down a camp you know having those books in your in a bag or in somewhere that you can easily grab is you know was a piece of advice that I had given to people who aren't you know cordial about camping books are a good idea um, there's also several different things you can get um, I got one off of Amazon that uh, quick field guide you know it's really small fits in your back pocket um, 20 pages long that like three by five. So that's something that's in my, my go bag in my truck. Uh, so that, that way, just in case, Oh yeah. Why, why isn't my fire going? So I can pull it out, look at it. So that's, you know, definitely something good. Um, I want to say it was the Canadian prepper. That's also on YouTube. I think it was Canadian prepper. I'm not sure, but he has some good stuff as well. So, you know, I've done a lot of research and played around and goofed around on the internet when you're bored and start surfing. So I surfed four different aspects. Uh, you know, watched a couple different special forces, um, how to survive in the wilderness. I've watched a whole bunch of different things just because I was bored and there's nothing else to do. <laughs> just kind of play around. Yep. Uh, the, the rabbit hole. 
is kind of how I kind of got onto this series when I originally asked you if you'd want to come on. The My job allows me a lot of time to think. And once that train gets going, I start diving into rabbit holes. And my worst case scenario is the military has already said they only need 24 hours to set up and start going door to door. Worst case scenario, asking for vaccinations. Are you vaccinated? I know that Washington State already has four locations set up for camps. I'm going to air quote that as camps because they're calling them quarantine, COVID quarantine isolation facilities, which to me, concentration camp, concentration camp. And that's, that's where I'm going. And once they start going door to door, start rounding people up, unvaccinated like me, that's where we're going to end up. So I've already set up for as soon as the internet goes down, as soon as the phones go down, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Me and my family, we're gone. And they're already they're already doing war games um, with the internet going down. I believe the first step was the Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all that going down at once, leaving people in chaos because how many people communicate through Facebook over Messenger? I mean, we all have our phones for phone calls. Right. But I might have a third of the people that I actually talk to have their phone numbers, have their information. It's all done over, it's all done over Facebook. Okay. Now here's the other thing. How many people in your phone book that you know, their phone number without looking at your phone? Maybe two. Yeah. I got three. (laughs) Okay. One's my mom because she hasn't changed the phone number since 1980. Okay. That's the house I grew up in. That's that one. I know my wife and I know my son and I know my daughter. Oh, I know four. So those are the only four numbers. So that, you know, if the phones go down, people are going to not know what to do because they're not going to have their information. Yeah. And that's kind of sad. Yes. Um, As far as vaccination, I am vaccinated. Um, My current employer um, uh, mandated. So I got vaccinated. Um, I like my job. I didn't feel like. I didn't feel like I wanted to look for a different job. My job is really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's your choice. That's your freedom. Every, you know, every, it, everybody should have a choice. And, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of mandates. Um, reminds me of kindergarten and somebody being a bully. But, like I said, everybody has a choice. And I, I respect anybody's choice. Mine uh, has a lot to do with my son. My son was diagnosed with cancer he uh, seven, eight years ago, and it was off of a growth hormone. We still don't know why, but the, the only thing that we changed was his growth hormone. And it he had a leukemic reaction, and now his blood levels are good. He's only at, He only produces 97% pure red blood cells. So there's something else that's going on, but the doctors can't figure out what it is. This is this growth hormone has been around for decades, but yet his body reacted a certain way to it. Now we want to have a vaccine that is not long-term tested, doesn't have the long-term results, especially on what the type of case that he is, it has not been tested on. There's no way that I can I can give that to him. And I have no problem with that. Yeah. No, I'm I was yeah. just explaining yeah. why my my I, 
I don't see a problem with that. You know, and at, you're making a decision um, based upon you and your family, and I support you, uh, whatever decisions you make. Um, it's not my place to say anything different to anybody, um, and I won't. I respect everybody. This is America. We have uh, free choice, free will, freedom, which uh, our freedoms have been under attack for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm, my grandfather was a police officer. My father was a career military officer. My brother was a police officer. I did spend uh, eight years as a reserve police officer, obviously corrections. I mean, that's law enforcement. So I have a real big, um, you know, bloodline of being patriotic. So to me, your choice, that's patriotic. I I fear that our freedoms are definitely under attack. And I think that a lot of, a lot of stuff is going to start happening here in the next. I think it's going to happen during the winter because a lot of people aren't going to run during the winter. It's cold. People don't know how to survive in the winter. It just, you know, that rabbit hole. And I, and I think whatever's going to happen is going to happen during the winter time. So I'm going to be prepared for the winter time is if that does happen, if the internet goes down and the phones go down, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You won't know where I'm at. And the only two phone numbers that I know is who I'm going to go get. And that's yeah. my ex-wife and I know my dad's and yeah. that's it. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, again, that's back down to that's the important phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in college, I remembered 70. I could, I could throw them off. Well, that was, the, you know, that was the thing. You know, I'd be out in the bars and it's like, hey, you know, give me your number. And she goes, you want to write it down? I nope. said, oh no, your number is <laughs> that important to me. I'm going to memorize it. You know, and then, of course, after that, you go to the car and you write it down. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that's, you know, partly what's going to happen if the Internet crashes. I mean, I wasn't affected by Facebook because I was at work and I had no idea Facebook and all the other stuff went mm-hmm. down. I had no idea until later on. I just thought I had a, you know, bad connection on Wi-Fi at work. And I'm like, whatever. So I put the phone away and, you know, did my job for the day. Um, and... I didn't know about it until later on. And then it's like, Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. You start hearing more about it, that the, the URL address itself was even gone. Right. It was not in the system. Another aspect of that is the military went into Facebook's, um, regional warehouse in California and took the servers where there's smoke, there's fire. Did that actually happen? We'll never know. But, that's the rumor. So that's the rabbit hole. <laughs> that's, you know, the, you know the, there's a big rabbit hole that, you know, I've started slowly getting back out of. But you know, then again, okay, well, now I'm prepared. I have uh, night vision. I have medical. I got that covered. I got weapons. I got ammo. I got other defensive weapons. Um, I know how to secure my house to where I can make sure that it's extremely defensible. Um so I'm pretty much set, and hopefully I can survive for three months and then bug out to our next location. Mm-hmm. When when you're setting up, you know, let's go back to the food. Okay. How, how are you going to go about you get to this other location and you don't have everything that you need? How What's the first thing that you're going to do? Are we going hunting? Are we getting deer? Are we getting elk? Are we, how are we storing it? Have you thought about that aspect of 
moving to a new location? It's going to take a little bit to get to the location. I mean, I understand that. It's not going to be something where we can just drive to straight. So you're going to have to make sure you have enough food uh, stockpiled for the trip. So as we get, you know, start whittling down the food supply that I already have, we're going to make sure we start taking some out and setting it aside so that we know we have enough food to get to our location. And when you, and you go in and if you happen to see a deer, elk, whatever, you know, take advantage. Um, and, you know, kind of like going back to the old days and, you know, the 1800s, 1700s, you only kill what you need to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you see three deer, unless you have 40 people with you, kill one. You know, if you have you know, if you have that many people, then kill two or three. But take what you need, not just because it's there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of just like, you know, somebody else coming behind me may need food, and they may see that deer. So, because you can't store it. I mean, unless you have some type of portable solar freezer you know that means just gonna... is that on amazon <laughs> let me look <laughs> it probably is on amazon um but i mean you know you got to be sensible um so if you know you know take what you can you know live off the land the best you can but don't be um you know those people that just do it for fun you know take what you need so if you see three take the you know take the one that's going to feed the group that you have and Leave the other two. You know, maybe you take out the biggest one, or you take out one of the ones, I mean, whatever the size of it is, to make sure that you can feed what you have, and then that is your dinner mm-hmm. and your lunch, right there. Uh, I fear just just you kept bringing up the toilet paper. <laughs> we're gonna be out in a situation, and we're not gonna be the only ones that are thinking what we're you know what we're thinking. Stores are gonna be rummaged. So what's the next thing you do? People go out with guns, go out, shoot animals. Mm-hmm. But how many people, knowing what, what happened with the toilet paper, they're going to see those three deer, they're going to shoot all three because we got to have them, and they're going to be ours. Right. All that's We know all that meat's going to go to waste, but that's my fear. That's why I want to be away from people so that way that type of livestock still has a chance to live, grow, thrive, and then once we need to harvest, then we harvest. You know, and, and like I said, you know, I went down that rabbit hole with uh, the whole EMP thing uh, being a, a potential. So, you know, I went and got, uh, it's called a Faraday cage, if you heard of that. Mm-mm. Basically, a Faraday cage kind of insulates the electronics. So there's bags out there, blackout bags. And so I got some bags. So my radios for communication between the community um, and a uh, uh, Solar Power uh, National Weather Emergency Alert Radio, and I put them in those. So that way, you know, if there is any damage, you know, if there is an EMP, the radios will survive. So I'll still have communication. So that and that's going to be something that's key. If um, there's no battery in, let's just say, take our take the radios because that's kind of where I'm leading next. If you take if the batteries are not in the radios, are the batteries are the radios affected by an EMP? Because there's no power source. The radio could be affected, so that's why I made sure that the the uh, national alert radios that I have they're in the bags. Just to, I really don't know. I guess I should probably say I don't know for sure. Um, it's just what I've read. 
so I'll make sure that my batteries are out of them, but my the, my survival radios are in the the, uh, the blackout bag just to play it safe. I mean, I'm not smart enough. You know, I did do some research, but it's a rabbit hole, and no matter where you mm-hmm. go on the internet, yes or no, depending on which person you listen to, and how can yeah. you determine which one, which expert you want to listen to on the radio? So I'm gonna play it safe. I'm gonna say, even without the batteries in it, it's still gonna, it's still, it's still could break with an EMP. So I make sure I'm just rather safe than sorry. Well, I I need to look at these blackout bags because I didn't know that that was for them, I guess. But I wanted to have, knowing where, where my daughter is at, I wanted to have a strong enough radio that could reach, you know, 50 miles. That was, I wanted to spend the money. There's one on that end. There's one on this end. At some point, if we're closing in on each other, we're going to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. That radio on its own is not available Unless you have a ham with a, you know, a, a repeater to shoot a signal. But if an EMP blast does come, we're not going to have that capability. Not unless you have them in some type of Faraday cage or blackout. I mean, that's something that I would say research as a Faraday cage. Um, and then the blackout bags is a cheap knockoff, I guess, okay. in a sense. Um, it's not a true Faraday cage, but the research says that these will work. So okay. I'm also help. I'm kind of banking some of my faith uh, on the research I did. So, you know, that would work. Um, you know, she would have to put hers in a Faraday cage or the blackout bag, and you'd do the same. And then, theoretically, they should still work. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. But the I haven't found a radio just on its own that does have that kind of range. I would, I was told I can get maybe two miles if the weather is perfect, if there's no hills, in your research of radios, what have what have you found that works? Um, as far as that, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, if you want to get something like that, yeah, you having the repeaters go down would be would greatly affect. Um, you can get some radios that will go, you know, 30, 50, 30 to fifty miles if you have, you know, no interference. I'm so, in North Dakota, across so, <laughs> the across <laughs> the road. If it's if it's flat, you got no problem. Um, the radios I have, uh, theoretically should communicate, um, between the North end of Spokane and downtown. Okay. Theoretically. Theoretically. Um, you know, what happens? I don't know if the repeaters go down. I don't know if that's really going to help, um, or not. I mean, it might whittle it down to three miles, four miles, maybe. Um, so the, you know, the best thing to do is try and find the best one that suits the needs. Um, and there are a couple on Amazon that are 200, 300 bucks Mm -hmm. that aren't, you know, too bad on a pocketbook. Not great, but not too bad, but theoretically they should work. Uh, I have a friend who, and it was, you know, was that conversation of, you know, you just kind of bring it up lightly that, you know, you've got a bug out bag and you've got, you know, you're just, you're just prepping a little bit for a natural disaster and you bring it up. Like I was able to bring it up with my ex-wife. They live right by Hanford. Right. So that was the conversation starter. We live up here in the Northwest. We've been having hurricanes. We're in that, that volcano ring and there is activity with, with Mount Rainier. So that was kind of the conversation starter and he got up. And he walked out of the room. And I'm like, 
I said, oh, he's not buying what we're what we're selling, right? And then he comes in, and he's got his bag, man, and he opened this thing. It's got everything. It's got knives and flashlights and everything in there, but he's got a radio in there with a extended whip right. on it. So I was like, okay. And then we had a, I don't know, four-hour conversation about what he does and everybody and every vehicle he's in, he's got a bag. And so he's very well prepared himself, but it was the radio because that's kind of what I was – stuck in of i don't i don't know what radio that i want to get so he comes out with this radio I, I got a picture of it but it was that extended whip that's on there like a cb whip and yeah. and to get a little better reach um there was one on, on amazon i'm still looking at i haven't pulled the trigger yet but i'm still looking at it it's uh 200 bucks and it, you spend another 70 bucks and you get the uh the antenna it's kind of like a cb and you can have that antenna you know, if you still got the trucks, you can plug it into the truck lighter. So you have a CB that's portable because you can you don't need that. It goes by battery as well. Okay. So, but you can have plugged in, have the antenna on top of the truck, and you can get some good distance on it. Um, that's the next thing I'm kind of looking at. Um, but I think solar power might jump that in line. Yeah, that's where I'm at is I, I want to get that just because of where my daughter is at, and then it's it's solar. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's plan should be different, um, you know, and you just kind of have to figure out, like I did, okay, what's first, what's second, what's third. You know, my list is was huge. You know, it's whittled down mm-hmm. now. Well, you've been at it a lot longer than I have. Uh, yes. You know, and, and everything comes within time. I mean, you can't, unless you win a lottery, I mean, you're not going to be able to go out and get everything you need within a year. Mm-hmm. It takes time to build it up. And that's kind of where I've spent the last two decades kind of slowly building things up. Um, I've probably got more into it three years ago, four years ago. I kind of started getting more into getting back into it. I mean, I've always had a week's prep always. Um, since the late, you know, late nineties, I've always had at least a week when I went to that training in 99. So I've always had a week's prep. Now I've gotten it extended, you know, and it's taken me this long to start getting it. But it's probably been the last four or five years that I've really gotten more serious just because of looking at what's going on in our culture or in our landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, the cancel culture, um, all the riots that we had, the uh, animosity against uh, all the law enforcement, military, um, and then, you know, I started watching these rabbit hole <laughs> shows about, oh, we have problems with our gold. Um, we have problems with this. And then you start getting into different TV shows and, um, you know, it talks about how the government has been prepping for since the 1950s on the nuclear war. Um underground bunkers that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the recent one was, um, what was it? Greenbrier. That's the name of it. Greenbrier. Okay. It's a hotel in Virginia that they modified, you know, kind of they did a whole new um, reface of the whole thing. But what nobody really knew until later, until recently, that they built a whole Congress bunker. Underneath it. Underneath it. it was, oh, was a bunker for Congress, so they okay. could still, so Congress would go into the bunker, and they I mean it's just immense living quarters. They actually had a chamber of commerce okay. uh, of Congress, so they can still conduct business. 
Well, they also have uh, you know, the mountain where uh, no rad's at. They got bunkers in there to live. So everybody's got, the government has already spent billions of our dollars and <laughs> to protect their asses. To protect their asses. <laughs> so we can still have a continuity of government. Mm-hmm. Well, when there's everybody above ground is, you know, starving, fighting each other, killing each other over a scrap of food, they're going to be sitting fat and happy. So what do they know? That we don't know. Yep. So that kind of, you know, the last, like I said, four or five years, me watching those and going down that kind of rabbit hole has kind of gotten me more prepared to prep. Um, and then uh, I read those, the books that we talked about, the Long Star series by Bobby Acart. <laughs> turned into plug for him. Um, I turned those books over to our common friend. And he read the books. And so that kind of, I mean, we had the same type of, mentality before after he read the books he's like oh Ooh, all right <laughs> wait <I'm> a minute <laughs> uh, let's talk about this more yeah so you know and, and and then again we're also not closed off to where we won't have somebody else that we know come join us i mm-hmm. mean we're not closed off where nobody else can come in um i do have a big enough house so we can definitely have more people come in our community but it's going to be a conversation of who that person is and you know making sure that we have the same moral value code yep. of what we're going to do and how we're going to protect each other. Yep. Um, you know, and of course you go out the rabbit hole and it's because, you know, I'm looking at if, if it collapses, you know, and did you watch the latest movie, uh, forever purge? No, I haven't watched any of the fur- purges. Oh, I'll take that back. I watched the very first purge. Yeah. The, you know, pretty much that's kind of what I see. If, if, if our culture collapses, I kind of see that happening. People well, just, that, isn't that kind of what the, the zone over there in Seattle was, I mean, to a, to a, a, yeah, the Tomina zone. Isn't that kind of what, what the purge was? You know, any crime is uh, legal. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, well, in an apocalyptic world, that's kind of what's going to turn into the strong, you know, the the fittest of the strong or strong survive. So, you know, that's where, okay, I'm starting to get back into this. So, you know, I've increased my stock, increased my surplus of what I have, to make sure my family will survive. Mm-hmm. And as a dad, as a husband, that is one of my tenets that I believe in that I am to protect my family. Yep. Which I know you do too. Yep. So very I mean, much so. You know, we're on the same page with that. Yep. And getting I can I can stay and fight if need to. I mean, I grew up in Montana. I've got that in my blood. I can stay and fight if I need to. But if I go down, something happens, who's watching over them? Right, and that's you know, and as I'm pointing up, but it, it getting out of town for them is probably the best thing to do, and then that way you're away from everything. You've already got a plan. Okay, now what? You right. know, now we're you know, now where do we start? How do we? We got enough time to let it die off. Control is brought back into restored. Then we can go home, or you know, we've got we've got scenarios both ways. Right, and so do I. Now that's kind of where I'm. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, within three months, we're back to a normal society in a sense um, with some structure, some law, some order. Um, but if not, then I got a place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, you know, in the books that I've read with this rabbit hole, I mean, it looks like, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks, you have just total chaos and anarchy going on. Um, and, you know, it's not safe to venture out. You know, so it's better to hold up and defend what you have and then 
let everything simmer and then move out. And that's kind of where my plan is. Um, obviously, it starts with I have to be home. Mm-hmm. If I'm yeah. not, then it's whatever I can do to get home. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I carry a firearm. I carry extra ammo. I carry um, all the time. So no matter where I'm at, you know, I am prepared to make sure that I get home. My pack that I have when I go visit my family, I got seven days pack. You know, I got food. I got water. Um, filtration kits so I can have fresh water without loading my pack down with a case of water. But, I mean, make those plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning to fail. You know, if you don't plan, you're planning to fail. And like I, I was telling a friend of mine who's, you're crazy for thinking this way. I'd rather waste my time planning, having all this stuff set up, than it actually happening and me going, shit, now what do I do? Right. And I would rather have that. You know, it's the same thing like, like religion. I'd rather believe in God, believe that there's I'm going up to heaven afterwards. And if it doesn't happen, what what are we? We're both going to the same place anyway. Right. Same 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 ideology. Right. You know, it, it, as long as you have a plan, which, which you have, you know, that, that's the big start. You have a plan. You know, if you don't have a plan, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. But you have a plan, you have an idea, and you're building your way towards accomplishing that goal to have that plan be ready to go. And that's all that you can ask for for anybody. Um, you know, and all these people thinking that, you know, oh, I'll always get food. I can always go to Safeway. Do you realize yeah, you and four hundred other people at minimum? Do you realize that they only keep about a week's supply of food on a shelf at any given time? You know they have trucks coming in every day. Mm-hmm. You know stockpiling them. Basically, what they're doing is they're just backfilling what's been taken. So you know, depending on what store you're looking at, they only have three days of supply or a week of supply. There's not an endless supply at Safeway. So if we collapse. And if you ain't the first one to Safeway, you ain't getting nothing. Yep. And then, okay, so you come out of Safeway and you got this cart and you're like, woohoo, look at all the what I got. Someone's going to come up and pop. There goes a gun and <laughs> you're on the ground and someone's going, woohoo, look what I just got. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to look at it from kind of a morbid side. You know, what's going to happen when society collapses? Um, I choose to, you know, prepare for the worst, uh, plan for the best. But you got to prepare for the worst. You know, if you have something, somebody else is going to feel they want it more and they deserve it more, they're going to take it from you by whatever means. Somebody's listening to this show right now and they're like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing what they're talking about. What is your advice on where to start? First thing to do is sit down and get a plan. That's the first thing you got to do. Um, you know, if you're married, you got to talk to your spouse and say, hey, look, this is what I'm concerned about. This is why I want to get a plan. And as long as you can get both people on it, then you're golden. You know, build a plan. It, you can't just willy-nilly do anything in, in, in life. Um, you want to build a house? You got to have a blueprint. Same thing. You want to start prepping? Get a blueprint of what you want. Get a plan. And then build slow. You don't have to do everything overnight. You know, next time you go to the store, grab two bo- two cases of water instead of one. Now you got one case for supply. You run through that and you go back to the store. 
you get another two cases of water. That's how I built it up. Mm-hmm. Every time I went to Costco, I get two, you know, two, two cases of water. One that we use, one that goes in the room. And, you know, designate a spot in your house where this is the room. You know, I call mine the vault. <laughs> you, know, you can call it whatever you want. That's a good enough name. <laughs> I call it the vault. Um, obvious reasons why I call it the vault. Um, but put it in there so you have one spot that you know where your extra supplies are. That way you can go down in there and you can kind of see, whoa, uh, this can of uh, SpaghettiOs is about to expire. Let's pull this out and let's go eat this tonight. So that way you can see what you have at any given time and then you can replenish it. But you got to start with a plan. And that's how I started. I, I wrote out a plan. What am I going to need? You know, and you can sit there and you can go, oh, my God, that's a daunting list of what I need. Take a deep breath. Look at the list. What is most important? Food, water. Everybody has a flashlight. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't have to worry about flashlight. You know, I got the candles that's going to burn 16-hour candles. I got some of those. I got some, you know, battery-operated lanterns that you can pull out. So, I mean, everybody's got that. Batteries. Make sure you stock up on batteries. That is going to be important as well. Um, Amazon. You can go get buy solar-powered rechargeable batteries and a solar pack. I got I one. just bought a second one today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got two? Good. Yeah. Good for you. See, that, that's building upon the plan. Yep. Because um, if you, you know, if you have two, you have none. So save up. Next time you go do something, get a third one. Well, and I've got so, the I've got the charging solar panels that are like that that just hang off of your bag. Yeah. So they have the cord that runs into whatever. I've got um, I've got or I, they're in the queue. They're the plug-in battery-powered flashlights mm-hmm. that are supposed to have I don't know what fifty-six hours of light use out of it so i've got those in the in the queue to order and you know just whatever else you have battery powered that even for the recharging stations to recharge the 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 cells so if if possible it still uh works the cell towers still work my uh um my uh emergency radio the it's got the national uh weather alert on it plus all the emergency bands AM, FM radio as well. It's all one, and it also has a solar connection spot to power up your cell phone. Oh, okay. so that's that's the one I have. So if we still have cell phones, then I can still power my cell phone up on that aspect. I was looking for my granddad's. I actually think it's upstairs. I don't. I don't see it down here. It, it must be upstairs. My dad. My granddad's got one from when he was a boy. It's got the weather band. It's got what eight different frequencies as yeah. well as AM, FM. Doesn't have the port, but it's all battery. I think it's C battery, so I, I have to look into that. But but that's that'll definitely be in the bag when we run out. So basically, you know, yeah, I, I I've known you for a while and I trust you. Um, I have no qualms about you. Um, so yeah, you can come on up and take a look at it, see what I got and what my vault looks like to help give you ideas. I have no problem showing that to you. I, I, I'm 
taking a lot of note and that's kind of why i've started doing the, the podcast about these so that way i'm even more prepared from people who have done it for longer than i have of what i'm what i'm missing so i, I appreciate that invite thank you oh, yeah. no problem and get my pantry get my lo- you know location set up so it's it's just it's learning and and making sure i'm set up for my my family which is a good thing so. i mean that's that's the first step recognizing the fact that okay we got to have a plan you know, and once you recognize the plan, it's just simply execute. Um, you know, look at what you can start off with small. I mean, not everybody has a big budget, you know, and, and I have completely no idea how much <laughs> money I've thrown down this rabbit hole. Um, but, you know, I think realistically, I probably have maybe 10 grand invested into everything I got. I okay. Mean, you know, that's just a guess off the top of my head. There's, it could be more. Um, it's certainly not less, <laughs> but it's definitely somewhere at least 10 grand. And, and you said it right. Don't, you know, you, you write out your list. Don't panic. Plan for three days. Set up what you need for three days and then make it a week and then make it 10 days and then 14 and then 20, 21 and start off with that three day first. I think that's right. probably the best advice you can give anybody is mm-hmm. plan for the three days natural disaster hurricane you know over here the the volcano or earthquake because i feel it's going to happen we have them all the time but nothing the like like what happened down in california but you know that can happen in three days you should be able to get back into civilization coming back online yeah and i probably would venture to guess that most families of four so you know mom dad two kids you probably have, most cases, you're probably going to have at least four days of food already on hand. So I'm not talking about that aspect. I'm thinking, okay, so three days of stored excess. So when you build your plan, it's not building a plan counting on what you already have in your cabinets. Yes. It's planning out from, okay, we have no other food in the house. This is when you start. And that's where you make your first three days. Seven days, ten days, fourteen. You know, you can keep yep. building there, and there's so so many uh, different companies that put out so many different things. I mean, off the top of my head, you have ReadyWise that does the food containers. You have Agassin Farms. You have Four Patriot uh, Patriots Only. I mean, there's just four right off the top of my head. You can Google them. You can go to their website. You can buy their food, and it's freeze dried, twenty five year life. So, you know, you buy one of those, okay, that's seven days of food for four people. Yep. So you buy two, now you got food for 14 days for four people. So, I mean, it's not necessarily something that you have to go out and spend big money on. You don't. One one last question um, before I let you go. Flour. Flour is in a lot of different things. It's in for, you know, we use it for a lot of baking and stuff. But flour also turns wormy after a while. What have you found for flour that will withstand just sitting in a container for a while? Yeah, I haven't stockpiled any flour. Um, Rice, yeast, which have a longer life shelf. So I've stockpiled that, but I haven't necessarily stockpiled any flour. And I really haven't even thought about it. Can you ground the rice up into flour? Um, Take you a while, but you could. I mean, theoretically, yes. Um, I've never done it, but 
Yeah. Worst comes here with a hand crank. Worst, worst comes the worst, you know. Take the, you know, take a meat grinder and just start grinding the rice. Um, but I really haven't researched the yeast part. Um, like I said earlier, uh, you know, the community wise, I'm taking care of tactical and medical, and that's where I've spent my focus on probably for the last six months to a year. Is I've been focusing more on the tactical element, getting the radios, the communication um, amongst my team, and making sure that my son and I and my wife uh, have plate carriers so we can protect ourselves and our body. So, I mean, that's kind of where, and then also, you know, stockpiling on the medical stuff that you can get over the counter. Um, obviously, the things you need, antibiotics and um, saline solutions, um, the IV fluids, you can't get legitimately over the counter here in the United States. So, I mean. The, how, how come? How Why is that? That's prescription only. Okay. So, that's why I have pegged all the pharmacies around my house okay gotcha gotcha okay <laughs> so i know where i can go hopefully there'll be something there left but if not then you know you just keep moving on until you find what you need gotcha well i appreciate you coming in oh, in the you. studio and uh giving me your wisdom oh this has been awesome thank you for uh, the invite thank you to our mutual friend as well for for lining uh, lining us out and having this this talk today so thank you to you sir oh no problem <laughs> anytime and uh you know hopefully we don't have to go through the end of or worst case scenario hopefully it is you know ho- and i say hopefully you know hopefully that doesn't happen as well but a, a natural disaster but you know if if worst case scenario does come you know well, yeah, some I, of us to be on the right foot same thing i mean i'm not looking forward to the collapse or anything like that or any disasters because uh, i know that people will die and i i don't want that however if it does come to that, I'm going to survive, and so is my family and my friends. One thing about preparing is get down to dry fly. Get that canned cocktail, get the whiskey, get the bourbon, get the vodka. But those canned cocktail drinks, you can travel with them. You can have them at your plan B destination. You can have those at your plan C destination. Or you can have your stockpile at home as you're hunkering down for 10 days to two weeks to three weeks, however long you're you're at home, and having that fortification there. Get down to the dry fly location, downtown Spokane, stock up Terry and the staff down there. Plus, they got the new restaurant, the new chef, the new menu. Go try it out. Tell them Lambo said hi, and you're going to enjoy it. Um, Take a tour of the facility. It is brand new, and they are rocking and rolling down there. Dry Fly Distilling, downtown Spokane. Thanks, Ron, for coming on to the show again. Um, so much information there. I hope that everybody was able to take good notes, uh, re-listen to the show, and then take notes. Uh, get on those websites that I talked about in the intro, um, the prepared.com, uh, bear independent, the sensible prepper, um, the, the book series that Ron talked about sounds very interesting. I'm going to definitely get my hands on that because I know my daughter would love re- reading those books. Um, and you know, if there's any other survival stuff or prepared stuff, prepping stuff, um, remember to rotate your stock. I think that that is the most important thing about prepping, not preparing, prepping, and 
and stockpiling food and supplies is keep it rotated. Your toilet paper will mold. Your flour will will grow worms. It'll get buggy. You don't want that. Your sugar, you know, it can get buggy. Keep keep those in small increments or find a way to air seal them. Now, that was something else that um, we should have talked about a little bit. And and but you know, get an air sealer. And if you're able to learn how to use that and get the best out of it that you can, air packing or air sealing your your supplies and your foods is is another valuable tool to uh, you know being prepared. So, um, but rotate your stock, keep up on your dates, keep up on your expiration dates. And when you go to the store to buy three cans of chili, buy four, that way you have an extra can. And then you just start building upon that. You don't have to go out and buy everything at once. Like Ron had said, a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, get on Amazon. Hey, I got 10 extra bucks. Let me buy an extra flashlight. Hey, I've got 20 extra dollars. Let me buy an extra knife with a battery pack or, or, or extra batteries, you know, just, just little bit here and there. And you'll, you'll start your way to being prepared before you know it. Um, don't panic. Use the tools that are around you. Use the friends and the resources that are around you. While we have internet, use the internet while we have it. So, um, I think a lot of stuff that Ron said was great and uh, his knowledge is, is, is vast and he's got the, the decade, the, you know, the two decades to, to go behind it. Plus all of his family, you know, that he, that he has had to learn from and all those trainings and all that stuff. So hopefully you love the show. Please share it. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends. I mean, let's let's get this word out let's make sure our friends and family are prepared and for whatever situation so it's been a a little extra lambo hopefully you like the show we got more of these coming and i'm very excited because i'm learning along with you guys and that you know that's why i'm doing this so i want to be i want to be uh i want to be ready so little extra lambo thank you ron